Good morning. It's Thursday, July 15th. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. The price of Bitcoin has been an up and down ride in recent months, but the environmental cost of mining cryptocurrency is still very high. Digital currency is growing, and with that, there are bigger worries about all the energy it takes to mine it. I spoke with Will Mathis. He covers climate change and renewable power for Bloomberg. He's one of the reporters on a news story about the scramble for energy to mine Bitcoin. Things got trickier recently when China banned cryptocurrency mining. Running computers, running data centers is very power intensive. And so running a Bitcoin mine is really power intensive. Mm -hmm. And this has always been a huge concern for Bitcoin miners. They will travel around the country to find the cheapest power, depending on the time of year. And China basically just decided this uh, very volatile industry wasn't worth using its uh, electricity power for. And now they have to go somewhere else. They have to find somewhere outside of China. And what are they looking for exactly? What's ideal for them? First of all, if you're setting up a data center, a Bitcoin mine, you want to be in a place that ideally is cool because computers that are doing a lot of calculations can get really hot. Mm. If you're putting them in a hot place, you'll need to run a lot of air conditioning, which costs money. And then you also want somewhere with a reliable, cheap power connection and ideally a place where the government isn't going to one day say, you need to get out of here. (laughs) So regulations are, are also important. Now, you write that it's difficult to say how much cryptocurrency mining relies on fossil fuels or coal or other so-called dirty energy sources. What do we know about its carbon footprint? Well, its carbon footprint is as dirty as the power that it's drawing from. So in China, a lot of the electricity comes from coal power plants, which is the dirtiest, most polluting way that you can generate electricity, pretty much. There's also has been Bitcoin mining in Nordic countries, which get their power from hydroelectric dams, which has no carbon footprint, basically. So the more power that's being used in places like China or, you know, some of these miners are moving to Kazakhstan, which also depends for most of its electricity on fossil fuels. That's going to be very carbon intensive. So how are the regulatory changes like what happened in China affecting the way that crypto miners around the world are planning for the future? Well, they're planning to not go to China. Sure. No crypto mining machines are constantly, you know, new models are coming out and making the old ones basically unusable. This means that when they're they have these new machines that they've contracted for, they were going to ship them to China and now they need to go to a new place. And increasingly, that's the US. And uh, there's ways of measuring computing power that's being used for Bitcoin. And already the computer power that's being used in the US has already gone up dramatically this year. And that's only going to increase. And the US is seen as attractive because people think the regulatory environment is more stable. And if they're playing by the rules, they're not just going to get kicked out in the middle of the night. And it also means that they want to use lower carbon power. You know, they ideally want renewables because they see the administration in the U.S. saying, we want to decarbonize the electric grid. 
And so they don't want to plug into a coal plant that's going to be shut down or politically unpopular. Will Mathis writing for Bloomberg. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. For a lot of folks, being able to do doctor's appointments as video calls was just life-saving during the pandemic. Think about all the time and money you save being seen by a doctor without having to go to an office. Not to mention minimizing the risk of being exposed to someone who may have the coronavirus. Telemedicine was a good move for a lot of people. But right now, states and insurance companies are changing course. The medical publication STAT reports many temporary policies that made telemedicine easier during the pandemic are going away. And now patients and doctors are having a hard time. One couple we meet in this story has a son with three rare diseases. He gets a lot of specialist care. For them, taking a trip means loading a wheelchair, a service dog, cooler of IV medications, and supplies for his feeding tube. Telemedicine made their life so much easier, but now they've had to pack up and hit the road again. Some of this is about individual states. Many are back to enforcing requirements that doctors must be licensed in the state where the patient is located, even for virtual care. And, of course, there are insurance rules. If your policy won't cover virtual appointments, you either have to go in person or pay out of pocket. Doctors don't like going back to the old ways either. It makes it harder for them to connect with clients. A lot of them have to ask patients to go across state lines. One Massachusetts doctor has a patient in Rhode Island. The patient had to drive across the border, park, and then call into the appointment. Doctors tell STAT they're hoping for a national fix that makes it easier for patients and doctors to choose telemedicine when it works. But as more and more pandemic exceptions end, many people are losing that choice. Fish can get addicted to meth. Scientists found trout exposed to methamphetamine-laced water became less active, and that could threaten their ability to breed and find food. National Geographic reports on this research, which might sound like an odd thing to study, but drugs in waterways are a major problem that ecologists are working to understand. When people who use drugs flush the toilet, the chemicals enter the sewer system— And not all of those chemicals are filtered out. A lot of drugs end up in rivers where they can end up hurting fish. In this lab experiment, researchers put trout in water laced with the drug and watched them swim. The water had levels of meth similar to what you'd find in the wild near sewage treatment plants. Later, when given a choice, the trout picked meth-laced water over normal water. And that choice is a sign of addiction. And when taken out of that drugged water, they also showed signs of withdrawal. There's evidence that cocaine and heroin are appearing in water systems and doing ecological damage. Meth pollution is a growing concern because abuse went up during and before the pandemic. Some researchers are hoping this data will encourage governments and conservation groups to pay more attention to this problem to make sure fish aren't hurt by human drug use. Are you thinking you might be ready for a trip abroad soon? First, 
You're going to need to find your passport, which has maybe, like mine, been sitting in a drawer since the first lockdown. And once you find it, make sure to check the expiration date. Right now, if you need a new passport, you need to plan for a very long wait. The Wall Street Journal reports on why this is happening. It's pandemic-related delays, both at the State Department and at the Postal Service. Some people are reaching out to their elected officials for help getting a new passport. Others are on social media looking for tips on how to actually get through to customer service. And some desperate travelers are flying to other states where it's easier to score an in-person passport appointment. Before the pandemic, a standard application took up to about eight weeks. These days, they can take as long as 18 weeks. Even an expedited application might take 12 And if you're really down to the wire, I'm talking flight booked and no passport in hand, the Wall Street Journal says you've got one last option. You can try to snag one of the limited in-person appointments at a passport agency that are specifically reserved for people who are supposed to leave the country within 72 hours. But the bottom line is, if you're planning to travel internationally in the near future, leave plenty of time to submit your application. The world may be opening up, But the passport process is jammed up. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're in the app, keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners. We'll talk with you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.